0: Welcome to True Crime and Horror, the podcast that delves into the darkest and most chilling stories from the world of crime and horror. Join us as we explore the fascinating and often terrifying world of true crime and horror, from notorious serial killers and unsolved mysteries to spine-tingling ghost stories and haunted houses. Our expert hosts will guide you through the most gripping cases and terrifying tales, providing insight analysis, and plenty of scares along the way. If you're a fan of true crime and horror, this is the podcast for you. So lock the doors, turn off the lights. This took place two years ago, and I can still recall every moment in almost perfect detail. It was nearing the end of school. Everyone was on their way to their last period, which for me was history. A class that I not only wasn't good at, but I also disliked the teacher. And at that point, I honestly had no motivation of even showing up. So... Ultimately, I decided to ditch and hide out in one of the bathroom stalls located near the very back of the school. Almost no one went back there, so I figured no one would find out anyway. I was in the furthest back stall, playing some game on my phone, when the ear deafening sound of the principal coming over the intercom made me jump. Lockdown, lockdown, this is an emergency alert, please follow lockdown procedures, go into the nearest room or building, lock the door and turn off all lights. It was a lockdown announcement. Though, I honestly didn't pay it any attention, considering they were all practice, and so I just continued to sit there in the stall and wait. But just then, all the lights to the building seemingly shut off all at once. The hum of the light faded, along with the buzzing of the AC unit, which meant all the power to the school had been cut off. The bathroom had gone pitch black, and that's when I was actually starting to get worried. Power was never cut off during practice lockdown drills. I texted my friend, asking him what was going on and literally right away he answered back with a text saying, Dude, where are you? It's a real lockdown, everyone's asking where you are. I told him I was in the bathroom, and he responds saying I should hide, but where else could I go? I wasn't just going to run out into the hallway to find a better spot, so ultimately I decided to stay and hide in the stall I was in. I turned my phone's brightness down, and texted my friend again. I asked him what the reason was for the lockdown. And after five long minutes of waiting, he replied, saying that apparently there was a kid armed with a knife banging on classroom doors and asking to be let in. Both my classroom and the bathroom I was in were on the same floor. So, I turned off my phone and tried my best to see if I could hear anything. There were running footsteps. And that was shortly followed by the sound of the bathroom door opening. I was absolutely horrified at what I was hearing. Whoever entered walked towards the stall next to me, went inside, and shut the door. I held my breath for what seemed like forever. Then, to break the silence, in a shaky voice, I said, Who's in here? It was silent for a second, and then I heard a voice reply with, I'm just looking for a place to hide. I heard there was a lockdown over the speakers. That didn't really answer my question, but the guy sounded around my age, and so I decided I'd just let it go. We sat in silence for what seemed like forever, When, finally, we got another announcement telling all students to exit the school in an orderly fashion through the front doors, where cops would be waiting outside. I exited the stall, but was surprised to see the guy next to me didn't. I asked him if he was coming, and he replied, saying, Uh, yeah, man. Just give me a couple minutes. I thought that was weird, but regardless, I left the bathroom and started heading towards the front exit of the school. As I was walking, my phone went off. My friend had texted me. He said that, apparently, a kid who was maybe a couple years older than us tried to rob a nearby gas station at Knife Point. The guy actually stabbed a couple people, and when he was unsuccessful in getting any money, he ran to hide in our school to blend in as one of the students. But, what horrified me the most was the last sentence. My friend said that the cops outside were saying that the kid was still inside, and that he was hiding somewhere in the back of the school. Reading this changed my walk to the front doors into a full-on sprint. Right as I got outside, I would frantically inform one of the police officers of what I had experienced. And after they searched the bathroom, they found it was empty, but that the window inside was broken. The kid had broken and escaped through the window. Needless to say, for the next few school days, I had gotten a lot of unwanted attention because of what I had experienced. As far as I know, the kid still hasn't been caught, and it's still just difficult for me to come to terms with the fact that I was unknowingly hiding in a stall right next to the guy I was trying to hide from. I somewhat recently got my first real job as a teacher, at a public elementary school in a nearby neighborhood. It was the first school year I was teaching, and at this point it was only September, so needless to say, I was still learning the ropes. It was honestly pretty stressful. I teach a first grade class of around 20 kids, so you can imagine how chaotic it would get at times, especially with my lack of experience. I remember one day, I was in the middle of assigning the kids a worksheet for spelling simple words, when the principal's voice came over the school's loudspeaker and ordered a lockdown. Now, being a new teacher, I wasn't yet informed of when the school had practiced lockdown drills around the year. Therefore, I had no idea if this was a drill or not. But I knew either way I had to follow protocol. I turned off the room's lights, locked the doors and windows, and had the kids sit against the walls out of sight. I'd say maybe five minutes passed of complete silence when I could faintly start to hear doors being banged on down the hall. I could feel my heart start to race, as the sounds got louder, as whoever was banging on the doors got closer. At this point, I still had no idea whether it was just the principal checking all the classroom locks, or an actual intruder in the school. But my thoughts were interrupted by one of my students bursting out crying. It was too loud. There's no doubt whoever was outside would have been able to hear it. I could tell. The banging outside stopped in response to the noise, shortly after followed by a single pair of footsteps walking up to the door. It was silent for a few seconds, but the silence was quickly broken by a male's voice yelling out, Hey guys, I think there's kids in this one. And that confirmed this lockdown was real. More footsteps could be heard running up to the door. And that's when genuine attempts to break down the door were made by multiple people. At that point, not a single kid in the class wasn't crying or screaming in fear. I didn't know what to do. I was never trained for this kind of situation. And that's when two gunshots could be heard. But it didn't come from the intruders. Police were now inside the building. Right after the shots were fired, the intruders could be heard running down the hall. Thirty minutes later, and we were given the all clear. It turns out the intruders were three local high school students. They were eventually caught, but when asked why they did it, they would say close to nothing. Although one of the kids claimed it was a bet, but personally I don't believe that for a second. No bet is worth going to court over and even possibly losing your freedom. I firmly believe they had much worse intentions. Although most likely traumatized, luckily no one was physically hurt. The shots that were fired by the police were claimed to have been warning shots and were aimed directly into the ground. It's been two years since this all happened and I still teach first grade at the same school and even in the same classroom. And to this day, those bullet holes can still be seen in the school's hallway. This happened back when I was in middle school. Technically, it was actually my last day in middle school. It was late May, and for our last day, our school would do a sort of field day where the whole school would play a bunch of games to celebrate the end of the school year. Now, back then, I used to be a pretty active kid, but unfortunately, due to a recent concussion, I was unable to participate in any games the whole day. I was pretty disappointed, yeah, though I did bring my DS and quickly opted to just sit inside one of the classrooms and play that, as, I mean, there wasn't really anything else I could do. None of the teachers seemed to mind, so there I was, all by myself in the classroom for my science class playing my DS, all the while the other kids got to play games in the school's gymnasium. It was a weird feeling being in that classroom alone. I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, up until that point, I don't think I'd ever been in a classroom completely alone. Something that needs to be mentioned is that the teachers that weren't watching the kids in the gymnasium were in a room across the hall having meetings. I'd say I was playing on my DS for not even an hour, when my English teacher, Miss Allen, rushed up to the classroom's door and closed it from the outside. She didn't say anything to me, so I figured she just wanted to make sure I couldn't hear whatever the teachers were talking about across the hall. Forgetting about it, I went back to playing my DS. A couple minutes later, the classroom's door swung open. I expected to see one of the teachers coming in to check on me, but no, a man I'd never seen before walked into the room and closed the door behind him. The guy had to have at least been in his 50s and so I just assumed it was some kid's dad. It wasn't unusual for parents to come into the school to bring a student their lunch, so I asked if he was looking for someone. He replied with no, in a tone that seemed almost offended that I would even ask that question. Before I could say anything else, the guy started walking towards me. I asked him what he was doing, and that's when he lifted up his shirt, revealing a handgun on his waistband. He followed it up by saying, Look kid, I'm going to need you to come with me, or I'm going to kill you. The guy said it in the most carefree tone I had ever heard. And that along with the fact that I would never even seen a gun in person before instantly overwhelmed me with pure fear. Before I could fully comprehend the danger of the situation I was in, the guy firmly grabbed my wrist and started pulling me towards the classroom door. But before we got into the hallway, the deafening sound of our school's lockdown alarm started going off. This was followed by the guy instantly letting go of my wrist and making a run for it down the hall and through a back exit. I stood there in shock for a second, but ultimately went back inside the classroom. I'm not sure how much time had passed, when Miss Allen came back into the room and told me that she didn't want to scare me, but that there had been an intruder inside the building and a lockdown which now was over had taken place. I would tell her about the man, and instantly she brought me to a police officer who was already on the premises, to explain what I had experienced. It turns out the man was the whole reason the school went into lockdown in the first place. The man was reported to have been scoping out the school all morning, and when he was seen getting close to the building itself, someone would call the police, which resulted in the lockdown. The guy was later caught, and would openly admit that he had been trying to scare kids into getting into his car so he could kidnap them, and this reality still horrifies me to this day. Not a day goes by where I'm not thankful for the school's alarm going off when it did. School Lockdowns can be some of the most terrifying things you can experience. The general fear of what's going to happen next is very overwhelming for a lot of people, sometimes even if it's just a drill. In this video, we'll be going over three terrifying true school lockdown horror stories. If you guys do enjoy horror stories told in the first-person format, all I ask is that you consider subscribing, as that's the only content we post, and we upload around four videos weekly, sometimes even more and be sure to stay to the end of the video, as honestly, all of today's stories are absolutely terrifying. With that being said, let's continue into the school lockdown horror stories. It was a completely normal, boring school day. I was in 7th period math, and the clock showed 2.45pm, which means the school day was nearly done. As it was a Friday, and spring break was just around the corner, You could feel everyone getting antsy in their seats. A lot of people had tests and whatnot, whereas my class got to have fun. We had a super laid-back teacher who loved to entertain us as much as possible. We lucked out in that sense. Me and my girlfriend Haley were messing around in the back, talking about something that occurred earlier that day, when it happened. The alarm for the lockdown went off, and the principal came over the loudspeaker. Now, for some context, typically a teacher would yell lockdown three times if it was a drill. We were always told if it was four times it was not a drill. The reason for this was to hide the fact that we knew someone was in the building with malicious intent. Four times we heard the word lockdown. Now, I've gotten so used to hearing it only three times that I paid no attention to how many times lockdown was even said. The teacher did the usual, turning off the lights, closing the door and ushering us to the back corner of the room where we couldn't be seen from the glass on the door. Our classroom had two doors, one at the front and one at the back. In the midst of all the commotion, me and Haley did the one thing you should never do in a lockdown. We snuck out of the class. We were now in the hallway on the third floor. Everything looked so weird. Not a single person in sight other than the two of us. A sort of humming noise came from the walls, indicating the school had cut all the power. I thought this was weird, as I thought it was only a drill. Hey, why would they cut off the power if it's just a drill? I asked. This was when we really started to question if it was actually a drill or not. But, with us being stupid teenagers, we brushed it off as nothing. We continued roaming the halls when we started to hear a sound. We got really creeped out by this, as no one was supposed to be outside the class. Fearing it was a teacher, we ran into the nearest bathroom to hide. We ran into the fourth stall that was tucked into the corner and hid. We sort of just sat there, giggling, thinking we outsmarted the teacher. Maybe about thirty seconds had passed, and we started to hear the footsteps again, but this time much closer. My heart froze. We could tell it was right outside the door. At this point, we were sure we'd been caught. We kept as quiet and as still as possible, hoping not to make a sound. It was really weird though. The person outside hadn't come in yet, but they hadn't left either. If they left, we would have clearly heard their footsteps leaving, but we never heard them. Haley pointed this out to me, and that's when we started taking the situation a bit more seriously. The door opened, and someone stepped in. I was about to walk out of the stall and apologize for sneaking off when Haley stopped me. She whispered to me, Isn't it protocol for teachers to ask if there's anyone in the bathroom? She was right. This wasn't normal teacher behavior, and that's when the heart dropping realization hit us. Whoever was in the bathroom with us wasn't a teacher. While contemplating what to do, the silence was broken. I know you're in there. My heart dropped as the person said that. The voice was younger, and it obviously wasn't a teacher. We were practically crying at this point, unable to hold it back. The guy was now directly in front of the stall door. He started pounding on the door, and screaming like a madman. As this was happening, though, I heard the door open again, followed by the familiar voice of my teacher, Mr. Taylor. Hey, what the hell are you doing? I heard a scuffle outside, and I immediately rushed to aid my teacher. Eventually we got the guy held down, and the cops were called. Apparently, the man was an escapee from a mental asylum near the school, and thankfully, no one got hurt. I don't know if any of you guys remember a few years ago when a sort of killer clown craze shook America for a few months. Well, this all happened during that time. I always remembered me and my friends thought it was funny, and we'd always watch those clown caught on camera videos that were really popular at lunch. Although, our laughter turned into fear when we were made aware that a few of those clowns on Twitter threatened to come to our school at 11 a.m. that day and quote-unquote kill all of us. Luckily, the school picked up on this, and they sent out emails to the parents that they had scheduled a planned lockdown at 10.30 that day in response to the threats. I was sitting in history class when I heard the familiar sound of the lockdown alarm, followed by the teacher rushing to the windows and door, locking and closing them. Even though initially the threat freaked me out, I wasn't worried at this point. I reasoned that it was most likely just another blank threat online and that nothing would happen. After about 40 minutes of silence, sitting on the cold floor in the corner of the room, the emergency green flashing light turned off, then followed by the air conditioning, slowly falling silent, and then the hallway lights switched off. The school had cut the power, but why though? At this point, me and my classmates were staring at each other, We all knew that something real was going on, as the school never cut off the power unless something serious was happening. After 10 minutes or so, we could all hear a faint banging noise from down the corridor, shortly followed by heavy and fast footsteps. Someone was running down the hallway. They started banging on the lockers and screaming. At this point, a few girls started quietly crying. Just then, the most terrifying thing ever happened. One of the men, dressed as a clown, ran up to the class door, banging and screaming. Multiple people were crying now, and one of my friends whispered to me in complete seriousness, saying we were all going to die. I have no shame in admitting that this caused me to start crying too. I then heard the loud sound of glass shattering. The man had shattered the glass part of the door, and I could see his arm reaching through to try to unlock the door from the inside. I was frozen and in complete disbelief as to what I was witnessing. But luckily, my teacher reacted quickly, grabbing a piece of shattered glass from the ground and stabbing the man's arm before he could unlock the door. He instantly grabbed his arm back, and you could hear his screams of pain. He then quickly stepped away from the door, and his screams slowly faded down the corridor. After another two hours, the principal came on the loudspeaker, explaining everything. He said that just after 11, two men walked into the school, one holding a kitchen knife. They ran around the school, threatening to kill students and trying to break into classrooms. But once the police raided the school, only one of them was caught, and it wasn't the one who tried to break into our classroom. After the whole event, the school got over 20 buses to take the younger kids home, and the kids ninth grade and over, like me, were told to walk home in groups and call the cops if we saw anything suspicious. I had a hard week at school after that experience. I was always thinking that the men would return, this time with a gun or something, but nothing happened. This, nonetheless, will be scarred into my mind forever. Ever since the lockdown, the school has hired a few more on-campus police officers, and they've installed some auto-locking features on doors and windows. This has made me feel a little bit better in school, but this isn't just an experience you can simply forget about. I live in the middle of nowhere. The school I go to has maybe 500 students in total. It's enough for everyone to know everyone's name. Regardless, this day our school went on lockdown, That familiar, yet eerie chime of our principal's voice saying to remain in our classes until further notice rang through the building over the intercoms. His voice was surprisingly calm, especially considering the fact that he didn't even say it was a drill. Despite our little town, crime isn't completely unheard of. We've had our fair share of reported break-ins, robberies, and even some gang activity. I bet it's a robber down at Chase Bank, my friend Kyle joked. I laughed, and we started talking about what we actually thought the whole lockdown was for. Kyle's voice was beginning to get louder, only interrupted by our teacher Miss Sander herself shushing him. It had now been about 10 minutes of complete silence, but like most high schoolers tend to, we all lost our patience. Everyone was now talking softly to whoever they were sitting next to at this point. Just then, we all heard it. Footsteps. Not just one pair, but a few walking down the hall. We all went quiet, knowing that something was wrong, and if this was a drill, it would have been just one pair of footsteps that being the teacher checking on the classrooms. Even Kyle, who had previously been talking, grew silent. Miss Sander moved slowly to the doorway, peering out from behind a corner. The heaviness in the air was suffocating. Just then, we heard footsteps again, seemingly doing another lap around the school. A girl across the room let out a muffled sob of fear. I focused my attention on the door. I was leaning out from behind a table to peer through the window to see if I could see anything. I'm not sure what I expected to see but whatever I was expecting, a whole lot of nothing was not it. The hallway was empty and completely dark, as it tends to be when no one was in it. The lights were all automated in my school, but just then, I noticed some of them turn on. A wave of yellow light instantly filled the room as we huddled in, casting shadows against the rows of desks. Someone somewhere tried to calm the crying girl, but I could hear their own murmured voice waver. I was still looking through the door's window from a distance at this point. But of course, as I was doing this, I saw someone walk up to the window and start looking through into the room. I instantly ducked back down behind the table the whole class was hiding behind. I felt my heart beat wildly as I heard the sound of the doorknob start to shift. My vision grew static as I pulled my knees to my chest, curling up tightly in the corner of the room. The door shook as the guy banged on it repeatedly, and as he was doing this, my biggest fear came true. The door hinges gave out, and this guy proceeded to walk into the classroom. All of us went silent, praying this man wouldn't walk over to the corner of the room and see all of us hiding behind this table. About a minute passed, of just this guy standing there, and we could hear someone else sprinting to the door followed by the words, Dude, we gotta go, the cops are already here. That's when I heard the guy start running out of the room and down the hall. The cops came, and a little later that was it. The guys who entered the school were never caught, and apparently they were armed with guns. The story goes, that one of the kids at my school tweeted at a gang essentially making fun of them the night before that school day. And of course, the gang took it very seriously and planned on raiding the school and killing the kid responsible. Luckily, they weren't successful, but this experience still terrifies me nonetheless.
1: I went to middle school at a private school where the middle and high school was comprised of only 30 students. One of the assistant coaches for my middle school team was a soft-spoken man that volunteered for many of our school functions. I assume this is due to the fact that he had two adopted sons that attended my school. One was a grade older and one was a couple of grades below me. I didn't really remember him at all until I graduated high school and out of the blue get a phone call from a number I didn't recognize. Still don't know how he got my number. It turns out to be that this man was wishing me a happy graduation. I at first thought that he was just friendly, but then he called back, insisting on taking me for a steak dinner. I tried to politely decline, but he began texting me and calling me non-stop. This made me really uncomfortable, and so I sternly requested he leave me be. A couple of years later, I am a sophomore in college and I received this email. Dear me, I shall try one last time, though not to bother, but to seek a friendship that I can feel can work and benefit us both. It seems that most people pass through their lives and leave a vacant mark, soon to be forgotten or, if thought of, just a passing blip that does not linger. However then, there are those who leave their mark as if to say, I am somebody of value, I want to make a difference. I'm not sure where or how I so tragically messed up in trying to recapture a friendship that I felt important, not wanting anything more or anything less, but a friendship of value and a meaning that would be of importance to two lives. Long ago, as a soccer coach, there was a young man of intrigue on my team. His intelligence shone through his skills on the soccer field and there was something there, something that sparked the thought of value. It was difficult to define, harder still to understand. Nonetheless, that young man left a mark that would stay in the portals of my mind. Typically, Society does not take kindly to a grown married man taking up a friendship with a young man with a family of his own. Innocent of course, respectfully even more, but still looked at with this inevitable stink eye. Maybe one day the paths of this coach and team member will cross again. Most of the friendships that I value in my life have come along in the most unusual way. For instance, the 19 year old female classmate at mortuary school that just seemed to fit under my wing. I was the one that was not interested in hitting on her, just establishing a friendship that could last for years to come. Or perhaps the 93-year-old lady in the nursing home who was hungry for the company of someone that enjoyed listening to her stories of times gone by. The 70-year-old author from Casey County that immediately gave a feeling of commonality that was uncovered after just a few dinners and glasses of Merlot. A young friend of a son who, lacking a father figure, just wanted respect from a generation that was not willing to give it. I could go on and on. I have found that the old saying that you can't pick your family however, you can pick your friends is of tremendous value in my life. Souls are waiting around every corner or in the most bizarre places but when you encounter them the rewards are endless. What does all this mean? For you perhaps nothing or maybe, just maybe, something. This is for you to decide. Nature may have already taken its course, but I try not to give up on anything that I consider of value in my life or the lives of others. Best regards, him. I responded extremely curtly and notified this man that I forward the email to my father, attorney at law. I don't like to speculate, but considering the nature of the adoption of the demeanor and behavior of his sons growing up, as well as their age of proximity to me, I really worry about their upbringing. I never heard from this man since, but my younger sister said one of her male friends has had similar interactions with him. To add to the creepiness, this man is a mortician in my county. I would like to add a bit more context to this story. I would receive multiple voicemails a day of this man telling me things like, I want to take you out to a big steak dinner, anything you want, we can even share some wine at my house before, or... I don't know what I'm doing wrong and why you are pushing me away. I think we can truly get along great. Now, I agree. At first, I thought this man was simply reaching out to me in a friendly manner, but the persistence after being nicely turned down is what raised red flags. After starting college, I received a new phone number as well as a new email address. Not for this reason, but because I got my own phone plan and started university with a new email. My second year here, he tracked down both informations again. This is when he sent this letter as well as started the calls again. It was only after telling the man that I forwarded his email to my father who happened to be an attorney that he left me alone. A few months later, the county prosecutor contacted me requesting information. When I recalled this story I did a quick google search of his email and name and found at least two obituaries of 14 and 15 year old boys that live in different states from him where he posts on the online funeral page expressing condolences. I won't add his exact wording or the sites because I don't want to reveal his identity but both were identical and went something like this parents may God give you strength. I feel like I have gotten to know your son through the Facebook posts and messages we have shared and have grown to love him and have plenty of respect for him. My heart is aching. I love you. Insert son's name. It is speculative, but it sounds as if he doesn't personally know these boys and the similar wording he uses to the letter he sent me further raises red flags. And lastly, I want to reiterate that I barely knew this man. We never had an opportunity to be alone and develop some bond that he refers to. He was the assistant coach for my middle school soccer team. I rarely even made it on the field as I was in the 6th grade and it was a middle school team. It was not as if he was some teacher I saw every day and I sincerely left an impression on him. I didn't even remember he existed until the calls and emails started.
0: you see me? Hello? Can you find me? Can you find me? I'm here! Behind you, look! Behind you! I'm behind you. I am right behind you. Right behind you. Don't be scared. I just want to play a game with you. Hey! Hey.